There are several funding initiatives being introduced to support the beleaguered screen industries, but one intriguing one comes through the screen rights organisation. Screen rights are normally involved in chasing up royalties and licence fees, both in New Zealand and Australia. But now they're getting behind a cultural fund, encouraging would-be filmmakers and storytellers who wouldn't normally be the first ones in the queue to be funded. And these days, Aotearoa is at the forefront when it comes to mentoring and supporting Indigenous filmmakers. Simon Morris with the story. Last year, the emphasis of the Cultural Fund was specifically on Indigenous creatives in the Pacific. This year, the plan is to broaden the focus to places like Taiwan and even Finland. These are the unusual suspects when it comes to making new films. And directly or indirectly, that door may have been opened by Kiwi filmmakers like Taika Waititi. Remember Taika's Oscar-winning speech encouraging young Indigenous filmmakers. Well, I'm joined by Rachel Anthony, who's the CEO of Greenstone Films and on the board of the director on the board of directors for Australasia's Screen Rights. Kia ora, Rachel. And welcome to the show. Kia ora, Simon. Thanks for having me. So how long has the Cultural Fund been in operation? So this is its fifth year. 2022 will be its fifth year. Um, so we've had four successful rounds. And it's been interesting with the, the previous four years, some of those projects have been a little bit held up by COVID. But what we're starting to see come out of those successful, um, successfully funded projects is some really wonderful results. So really keen to see. It's going from strength to strength, I think. So when it started, was it always an Australian and New Zealand initiative or was it initially just an Australian one? No, because Screen Rights covers both Australia and New Zealand. So it's always been open to both New Zealand and Australian creatives. So it's because it's a fund funded by members of Screen Rights Mm. who are content creators themselves. So it's really a, a cycle of the kind of industry giving back in a way and that this is a fund that comes from royalties to the creators of screen content. And this is a piece of that that has formed a separate grant to help emerging screen storytellers. How exactly does it work? Do you apply for the cultural fund or does the cultural fund uh, sponsor, um, should we say, mentors and people like that to go out into the field? The fund is something that you do apply for, but something that the Screen Rights Board has really talked about a lot is ensuring applying for funding in itself can be quite onerous, right? And Mm. there's a certain privilege that comes with the people that have time to do funding applications as well, particularly for some newer storytellers or people who maybe don't work in screen but work somewhere where there's an incredible story to be told who would love that to happen in a screen medium. Mm. There's an opportunity, we think, um, and that's something that's, that's coming in in this year's call for applications, where we're saying to people, if you just want to put an expression of interest in and, and talk to the Screen Rights team about what your vision is, we're really open to actually then supplying some mentoring for that application process, not just for a project that has mentorship as part of it. So really it's about reducing barriers as much as possible to reach people who may not may not otherwise be in a, in a position to apply or don't necessarily have the immediate, they might be an incredible storyteller, but a funding application is a skill set in itself. So if we can support that, that's a great thing. How do you encourage people who maybe have great stories but don't have great pitching experience? Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the things we're addressing in this year's fund. So Maha, who leads the the team for the scheme within Screen Rights, 
is looking at who we can have to mentor applicants. So to provide more wraparound support at that application stage to give people the best possible shot at what then becomes an external assessment process. After, you know, well, with COVID, it's an even bigger ask. I'm a producer and I'm a producer who happens to have resource, but I know how hard it is to pull together funding applications and we want to just reduce as many barriers as possible and attract as many and as diverse a, a range of, of storytellers as possible. So, so many of the projects that have been funded over the last four years are about collaboration and outreach and engagement. And I think, you know, there's a lot of mentorship happening within the projects themselves. It's a theme that kind of runs through that. So this is us kind of ensuring that that is true of our application process as well, I think. It's a very good time to be an Indigenous filmmaker. I look at a lot of Indigenous projects that are coming up and quite often I see the name Taika Waititi attached to a lot of them as an executive producer or something. The uh, the project I'm thinking of particularly was Reservation Dogs where just because he put mm-hmm. his name to it, suddenly everybody became a lot more interested in getting behind it. I think within Aotearoa, some would say um, it's not just a good time, it's about time. Right. Um, there's, you know, it's been a long time coming sure. um, to really start modelling more of Tatiriti in the way that projects are funded. And I think there's a huge amount of incredible Indigenous storytellers, Pacifica storytellers, and the work that the likes of the Pan-Asian Street Screen Collective and Nahufakari are doing to really push and also just just seeing the quality of the work i mean i can name dozens of incredible indigenous storytellers working in new zealand at the moment taika is obviously a fantastic exemplar of work happening on the international stage and i think bringing indigeneity and an indigenous voice to really broad mainstream content but there's there's a lot of that happening in aotearoa already and i think the more that we can support emerging voices they're better. But there's plenty of established ones too who are doing great work. It's just not always for global audiences. I found it interesting that there's so many more um, outlets. I'm looking at Netflix, which is yes. just wall-to-wall Absolutely. new stuff and everyone's looking for something different. For any New Zealand storyteller. So ScreenWrites is it's funded, it's essentially the result of locally owned IP. So the royalties that we as producers receive from ScreenWrites or directors or writers through those royalties from educators using screen content. There's a fabulous sort of cycle. The more that that can then be invested into development um, and other projects and reinvested into cycles like this. So, you know, creating more local storytelling that then is relicensed in different ways, um, particularly for New Zealand and for screens and rights, that's educational licenses. So that's our tamariki and, and rangatahi in schools being exposed to New Zealand story as part of their curriculum. This is there's quite a nice cycle here of how that then comes back in through royalties. And certainly within the New Zealand screen sector strategy for 2030, there's a, a huge push to increase the amount of locally created intellectual property and what we can take out into the world and what we can use domestically. So what screen rights is funding through the cultural fund mm. is projects. And those projects are taking many forms. One of the funds that was one of the projects that was funded last year was through an Emerging Voices one. Mm. Script to Screen had um, the Paerangi project, which was finding voices outside the main centres because there is a real default to Auckland and Wellington. Sure. Um, so they're doing a, a lot of mentoring in that. Um, the Māori, Libby Hakaraya, who runs the Māori Land Film Festival, has also had funding through the screen light. She's got something called Through through Our Lens, hasn't she? That's again supporting Rangatai. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and so those those projects, the Through Our Lens one was a peer-to-peer workshop initiative. 
So that was around youth filmmakers. And then this New Pacifica Creators Program, which was funded last year, is looking at talented mm. emerging Pacific creators. But that is pairing them again as a mentoring lens, um, who are but Pacific creators living in New Zealand. So there's, I think, eight Pacifica candidates that have got mentors for upcoming project. It's a brilliant idea, the idea of actually accessing people whose voices you don't normally hear and so therefore they're fresh and all that sort yeah. of stuff. The next step of course is getting those stories up to an audience and that's a whole different thing really in some respects isn't it? Yeah and look the beauty of the Screen Rights Fund and this is a fund of up to up to a quarter of a million, it's a total of a quarter of a million dollars so mm. it's not a huge amount of money and each project may be funded up to $50,000. So ultimately, this fund is less about making a piece of content than it is about capacity building and instilling skills and more passion, I guess, for the screen, um, for screen storytelling. The fund doesn't fund screen productions directly. So this is mm. supporting initiatives that can diversify and expand the screen ecosystem within Australasia. So it's really about creating opportunities to increase access to how, what, how we you know, how we encounter and engage with film as a medium, or not just film, by that I really do mean screen. And gosh, the concept of film versus television now is we're so, so hard to tell the difference uh, often. So if you've got somebody that you want to tap into this fund, how do they get involved in that? Yes. So screenrights.org is the website, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of information on there. The fund is open um, until the 15th of April, However, if you go to the Screen Rights Royal website and the Culture Fund, all the guidelines are on there, but also there is an opportunity to then just put in an expression of interest. So we're, again, reiterating that there is not the requirement at this stage for people to be putting in a full application. It is you know, streamlining that process so people can test their idea, have some support, and then go to that next stage of putting in a full application should they wish. And one of the other points I'll make, and I think, is that part of one of the great things this up to $50,000 is often what that also can do is unlock other funding because it's, it's a tick of endorsement and it can get the ball rolling for some projects that also can go for co-funding for, from other initiatives. So that we've seen that happen a couple of times too, and that's really beneficial. So if screen rights can be a foundation grant that helps support come from other sources, that's great too. CEO of Greenstone Productions, Rachel Anthony, talking to Simon Morris about the Screen Rights Cultural Fund.